Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I have two special guests. And uh, Brian, uh, you've already been on the podcast a couple of years ago, right? I don't know if we have. I know we interviewed you for our book, but I'm not sure whether we were on the podcast then. Damn, I've done so many episodes, I can't remember who's been on and who hasn't. But uh, I'm excited yeah. to be on today. So Brian Green and, and Katie Green, you guys are the founders of Overlooked to Overbooked, uh, a service that helps uh, hosts optimize their listings to attract their ideal guest avatar at optimal prices. So that's... Uh, you know, it's a mouthful, but that's a very uh, important aspect of the, of the hosting business, of course. So excited to have you on, uh, Brian and Katie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Very Thank much. you. Absolutely. So uh, let's start um, a, a while back, uh, Brian, you mentioned you wrote a book about about this, right? About Airbnb hosting. So let's, uh, let's start with that. What, what was your uh, book about? Well, uh, wrote is probably uh, aggrandizing. Uh, what we did was we interviewed people like yourself and uh, almost 30 experts in various aspects of short-term rental hosting. And then we transcribed those and then took the best answers and put them into uh, chapters, an online book that we still have available. And you can put it in your show notes if you want. It still holds up pretty well. I think that majority of the advice that was given, in, it was in 2018 when it came out. And I think a lot of it is is still... Uh, very applicable. And we, we tried to cover the gamut. So we were we, we talked to companies that were into cleaning and, and then noise aware, and then guys like yourself that were talking about how to optimize things. So we had different categories. And um, it's it's a pretty good uh, tool, if you especially if you were starting out and you, and you didn't want to have to go around and find all those things on your own. It's, it's one place. And it wasn't a bunch of commercials. It was really, we, we tried hard to ask you questions that were outside of just what you do. And we said stuff like, well, what, what tool would you want if you were a brand new host and, and it was couldn't be your own product? And then I think you said a pricing tool, uh, which is still a great answer today. I think uh, dynamic pricing is, is very underutilized, but it was meant to be advice from experts that weren't necessarily talking about their own stuff exclusively. Mm-hmm. Right, right on. And so now you, you guys have a really interesting service where you get on a Zoom with a host and guide them through the process of how to take the best photos for the listing. That's right. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Yeah, you did. So basically any video chat works as long as your internet is strong enough to support a two-way chat, just like this, like a Zoom call. I've used WhatsApp, I've used FaceTime, whatever works. And then I guide the host or whoever wants to take the photos, it really doesn't matter to me, through the shoes. So of course we do preparations then we have evolved as a company too and how we sort of do things now and we have a bigger team working with each host 
but based on our prep, I basically guide them through their rental and with my shoot plan and we take the photos and I tell them, okay, go ahead, let's start with the kitchen. We, you stand over here, go ahead and back up, back up. Okay, tilt to your left. I, I explain the kind of framing that I want. Then they just go into their camera, take the photo, come back to our chat and we continue. And I make it sound so simple, but when Brian first pitched it to me, I thought, nah, ain't gonna work. There's, I, I don't think I could teach someone <laughs> guide to photo shoot through a video chat. And you totally can do it. You really can do it. It worked beautifully when we tested it the first time. And we've done it with retirees who's where they don't even know what the buttons on their phones are and they produce beautiful photos. And through the shoot, they really kind of learn the kind of things that I'm looking for. So they start to position themselves correctly and then it's just mostly looks good. Go ahead and take that shot. Okay, great. Looks good. Go ahead and take that. So there's a, they learn as they go along. Well, so that's really great because then later when they, if they change things in the rental, they can just go ahead and grab the photo and we don't necessarily have to jump on the call. But that's our virtual photo shoot. And it's, well, of course, because I do it. I'm biased because I do the photos in our team. It's one of my favorite things <laughs> to actually get to jump on the call with the host. Yeah. And uh, and the best thing is that they take their photos. So I can always show them, like, look, these are photos that you took. I do edit them. They send them to me. I edit them. I sent them back a gallery for a review. But it's, it's photos they took. Do you recommend that hosts use their smartphone or do you have other recommendations when it comes to the camera? I would recommend a smartphone because these days smartphones are good, are so good. They're good enough. I'm not sure what the oldest phone would be that we've done it with. Maybe an iPhone 7 or something like that, which is quite a few years ago now, actually. We had a couple of hosts who have used their sort of fancy cameras to ultimately take the shot. But I don't think the process is really any different. And I'm not sure that I could tell the difference in the photos. Really, what makes the biggest difference is that to make sure that I teach the host first how to really use the camera, so how to work the exposure on your smartphone. And then, if possible, we try to optimize the time of day, or just the kind of day it is. Like a really bright, sunny day is actually not the best for taking photos. It's just going to wreak havoc with the contrast. Your windows are going to be super bright, and you get that classic dark room, bright window thing. So, And we try to work around that when if that happens. But... 99% of the photos that we've taken with hosts are just with their smartphone. Yeah, I know the, the newest iPhone, the, what is it, number 13? It has, looks like it has like three cameras on, on the yeah. back. It looks pretty, yeah. pretty sophisticated. Every yeah. time there's a new one, just be, because we knew they were going to continue to get better and better. But I think Katie started with a Galaxy 6 and she did a lot of shoots when we were traveling. And, uh, and no one ever said like, that looks like it's from a smartphone camera. Everybody wants to put down the smartphone camera and if they see bad photos, they say, oh, you must've just done it with your iPhone. But really it's almost always about what the photographer knows, uh, not so much the equipment. So it's not so much the camera, it's more like uh, knowing how to operate it. Exactly, yeah. One of our favorite things is, is we joke about that when we have these like, oh, they clearly just took out their iPhone and took the photo, it's like, oh, how would you know? Because this is our analogy or my favorite analogy from Brian, that if you look at a painting that you really hate and you think it's, it's just horrible, you don't blame the paint. You don't go like, oh, they must've used some cheap paint and, and some uh, bad material. You think, no, the painter is terrible. <laughs> of course, that's a more, you don't really blame the tools, you blame the person who actually did the job. So it's really about knowing how to work your phone. And that's what I do with hosts. I joke that the two things that I say the most during our virtual photo shoot is bring me back to WhatsApp because when they're in their camera app, I remind them to bring me back to our video chat. And the second thing is lower your camera and lift your gaze. So that's basically just bringing the camera low, almost down to your waist level. And instead of pointing down, you point straight into the room. So you get this natural wide 
effect. Rooms look bigger, your vertical lines stay straight. It just looks nicer. So we try to sort of fix the bad habits with the framing. What are some of our common do's and don'ts when it comes to taking photos with your, with your smartphone? Well, that's definitely one because what people naturally do is as if you're doing a tour, you step into the room and then you, you bring the camera almost to your eye level. And maybe it's just because yeah, this is where our eyes are, or it's an old-timey thing where we used to have to bring a camera up to our eyes to be able to take the photo. You don't have to anymore. So you want to lower it almost down to your waist level. And instead of pointing down at furniture, which makes things just look small, and you can't get everything into one nice shot, you um, look straight into the room. So if you think there's a laser coming out of your camera, it's parallel to the floor. That keeps your vertical line straight. And the vertical lines being straight is like a dead giveaway of a professional photo versus a non-professional photo. It can still be nice, but that's definitely something I can always tell, like, oh, somebody fixed the vertical lines there. That's a pro. Um, What's the deal with the rule of thirds? I use it sometimes. So there's usually four exteriors. So say I'm taking a photo of a house. Um, behind me, there's a photo of a house. It doesn't really use the rule of thirds, but you know, like an exterior shot where you kind of have the house at an angle you have maybe grass in the foreground or a pool and a little bit of sky. There you maybe want to use the rule of thirds. Your house is in the middle third, then you have the sky at the top and the grass on the bottom. That's a pretty good way to get like a nice balanced shot of a house exterior. Indoors, it doesn't work as well because there's just so much going on in all uh, different kinds of rooms. Got it. Yeah. So going back to the kind of the topic for today, building an Airbnb listing that beats the competition, Obviously, the photos are by far the most important part of the listing. Again, I'm, I'm biased because that's what I do. But yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, no, it's true. I think this is true more and more. Also, like this is a trend as well because people don't like reading anymore. Like especially younger yeah. people, they watch YouTube videos, they you know stories on Instagram. The way that they consume information, is, you know, has just completely changed. So, you know, yeah. even when I started on Airbnb 10 years ago, I felt like the whole the guests weren't really reading the descriptions too much. Mm-hmm. But I think nowadays they don't even look at it anymore. Yeah, uh, you can tell from your customer questions whether they actually read the description and read through all the amenities lists or not. But of course, I'm coming back to our building of listing that beats your competition specifically, Brian and I talk about the lizard brain and how you want to wake that up. And that's the part of you that reacts to contrast and color and danger or, you know, good, happy things like uh, something fun to eat. And so that's, of course, dark, blurry photos versus really bright, uh, well-composed photos. You just naturally want to feel safe in a space when you look at a photo. And photos are important because when people are scrolling through listings, figuring out where to stay, they're looking at those teeny tiny thumbnails. And that's your one shot to get people to stop the scroll and go like, oh, what's that? And then click on your listing. And then you get to kind of suck them into the rest of your your awesome presentation. So um, sure, the headline matters to you. There, there are things you can do wrong there and things you can do right. But I think the photo is the sort of sort of a gut reaction that gets a person to just go, oh, what is that? And almost without even, you know, before they even understand that they're doing it, you just want to click on it. You want to learn more. So it is really important. Brian, can you tell us more about the lizard brain? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. If, if you're we're, uh, on the YouTube version, you'll see I'm wearing a bright shirt. I, I've got a background that's got bright colors in it. And I'm a big fan of it. I, I think that there are a lot, if you scroll through, it, a great idea as a host is to very frequently go in and try to find your listing in a search. 
So pick your town, pick your price range, but you can use whatever filters you want to get uh, to get the geography right. So see where you show up. Are you uh, in the 12th spot, the 50th spot, the 108th spot, and, and look at what's above you. And photos aren't the only reason why someone would be ranked above you. Obviously, there's price and there's reviews and a bunch of other things that are proprietary to Airbnb's algorithm. So we'll never really know, but we definitely know that they think photos are, are a big deal. And so... The good news is if you scroll through a bunch of uh, thumbnail photos, which we call the magnet photo, because it's the one that has to pull you into the rest of the listing, you will not find that they're all amazing. So if you can do a magnet photo that is amazing, you will almost instantly beat out a lot of your competition. And, and the other way of thinking about this when you do that search is not just to find out where you rank, but also start taking notes of what you notice about other people's magnet photo and what you like and what you don't like. What makes you think, oh, I would never stay there because of that. Or, oh, I really want to look at least deeper into this listing, if not stay there because of some other thing, whether it is a bright yellow pillow on a gray couch, as opposed to just a gray couch, whether it is a view off the balcony that shows a little bit of the railing, because now you know they're actually on their property when they took it, as opposed to just a shot of the ocean where you're like, well, I wonder how far they are from the ocean, because I have no idea. So there's all kinds of little things that happen sometimes at an unconscious level when the guest, and, and this is how we came to this business, is we, we, we call ourselves super guests. We were traveling for a number of years and staying at a lot of Airbnbs. And so I was searching through hundreds of listings. And so we came to notice and, and write down, why is that place driving me nuts that I can't stay there, even though it's in the right part of town and it's the right price, but there's something about the way they took these photos that's really uh, pushing us in the other direction. Right. It makes us not trust the host. Right. So easy things to do with the thumbnails using uh, bright colors, contrasting colors. We like to use the Disney princess analogy, how it's it's not a coincidence that when you just Google Disney princesses, Cinderella has yellow hair and blue dress and, and Little Mermaid has red hair and green dress. Those are contrasting colors. If you look up the color wheel, just Google the color wheel. Just draw a line from one color across to the other. Those kinds of colors that you can use, like behind me, there's a photo of a house that's just taken during sunset. So you have those warm interior lights, the yellow lights with this blue sky. That's a really powerful contrast. And it's, it's the most popular contrast in action movie posters. They almost all use that sort of fire yellow and then this cool, crisp uh, blue thing because it's so eye-catching. It, it works to um, wake up the lizard brain. So things like that, you notice people often take, you know, they'll photograph their very nice, very well-designed living room or bedroom, but it's all beige and gray with a, you know, there's just not a lot of pop of, uh, not a lot of color. So we recommend that you take uh, some risks maybe with your first photo, your thumbnail photo to try to stop people and get them to click. Yeah, that's uh, that definitely makes sense. And this is something that I've done before with our, with our students is uh, literally you know, looking up their listing in search results and pretending to be the Airbnb guest. And I think what you said is very true. Like the first goal of our featured image is for people to see it because if people don't see it, they can't click on it. And if they don't click on it, they're not going to, you know, go into your listing and they can't book it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, one, one exercise that we always do is, you know, we look at the search results and we try and figure out which of the photos would stand out the most in mm -hmm. this particular uh, market, right? Because, for example, right, we'll have a student who's in a, a beach town 
and everyone's got a picture of the view of the ocean. So all the photos exactly. with with sand, right? So in that scenario, you know, I would make the suggestion like, hey, instead of doing that, you know, do a picture of your living room that has some some colors in there, right? Because it's mm -hmm. going to stand out versus the the, the, mm -hmm. beach of the ocean. Whereas, you know, if everybody has a picture of the living room, then you might want to put a picture of the view from the balcony. Does that make sense? Yep. Yes. Yeah. We do that exact same exercise. And now with the listing review uh, that we do for house, we, uh, we kind of show them, we show them, look at your competition. Like this is the one that jumps out at me. And this is what I would look at as opposed to your listing. And it's sometimes tough to hear, but that's again, from the sincere guest perspective, if we were looking at this town, here's what we're going to notice. And so we've done a bunch of searches for towns to see if they have patterns. And often they do, you know, we did one in um, Oslo, Norway, everybody has this Nordic, uh, gray and white living room with no pops of color. So a couple of orange pillows and you've already like beaten out your competition. That just stands out immediately. Uh, in Bali, everybody had an exterior shot of a garden, green with a pool in the backyard and a red house at the back. Everybody had the same thing. So like a sunset photo all of a sudden with the house with the blue and the yellow again, immediately just jumped out. So a lot of cities have themes like that. And again, you might have a pool, but so does everybody in your area. Everyone in Arizona are going to have a pool in the backyard. So maybe you don't want to do the shot of the backyard with the pool in the front and the house in the back because it's just not going to stand out. Due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. Now, as a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com, code PAD, which is P-A-D. What do you guys think of the order of the photos? Is there a optimal mm -hmm. way to order the photos? Yeah, I think I think there are a couple of rules that you should follow now that Airbnb has changed things and they change things all the time. Now, I think recently they started doing this thing where they suggest that they pick your first five photos for you, right? Sometimes their suggestions are good and sometimes you may want to overwrite them. So what we recommend after, after the thumbnail is you hit them with your best five features so that you don't, your first five photos shouldn't all be just different angles of the same living room. You want to give your, your five most interesting things, almost like an overview of what your rental is going to be about. Maybe you have three interior shots and two exterior shots, maybe one of the yard and then one of an activity from further out or whatever is the hook of your place. You have super internet speed. Go ahead and put up a screenshot of your internet speed if that's something that's going to like really jump at guests. And after your first best five photos, then you go on a consistent photo tour. So that you can start at the, at the backyard. It doesn't have to make sense in terms of how you walk into the property, but you can start at the backyard, but then sequence photos room by room. So don't bounce around between kitchen, then to the bedroom, then to some random bathroom. Now I don't know where it is. Then back to the kitchen, because that's really confusing to me as a potential guest. 
mm-hmm. as the viewer, because I don't know your place. I'm looking at this for the first time. I can't retain all that information where I'm like, wait, is that the third bedroom? Or now I have to click back in the sequence to be like, oh, okay, so this is another angle of a bedroom I saw eight photos ago. It wouldn't even make sense if you were giving somebody a tour of your place. So you want to group all the photos sort of per room and then move on. And the way you keep it interesting is is you break up all these, you have these wide angles of the room and then you get these artsy detail shots, right? So you're showing off your kitchen, then you come in closer for your, your Keurig, your uh, espresso machine. Then you have a wide shot of your, your dining area and then you come in closer for something else. So it doesn't get too boring with just one wide angle after another. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's a great strategy. Brian, question for you. Other than photos of the interior and the exterior of the home, are there any other photos that you guys recommend that people add to their listings? Absolutely. We have been big proponents for a long time now of what we call being an ambassador of your town. So regardless of what your actual structure is like, if you think about why would somebody be coming to my town or my neighborhood, and Katie's even done a great thing uh, where she, she does these concentric circles where you start very broad with like, why would they come to my country if you, if you have international visitors? Like how do people think of uh, New Zealand ver- versus Australia versus US? Right? And then say, if they're coming from some part of New Zealand, you know, why would they come to Wellington? What's to do in Wellington that they couldn't have done in, in Auckland? And then if I'm in Wellington, what's cool about my neighborhood that's better than the other parts of, of Wellington? So, so you, you work in these circles, either outward in or inward out, but you want to think about a handful of things that you can provide extra value to the potential guest like being a concierge. It's, it's like you're going to tell them, hey, there's six steakhouses uh, within walking distance, but don't waste your time on these other five. This is the one that you want to go to. Or there's happy hours all over the place, but this one has special deals that are above and beyond whatever else you can find. Or this espresso machine. There's, there's a, I'm, I'm talking about e- eating and drinking for the most part. On, that, that's one category. Now the category is activities, where it's like you might have come here because there's a lot of great bike trails, but there might be too many for you to figure out which will, you know, you don't want to do trial and error. If, if you know anything about biking or if you've gotten reviews from other guests saying this is the best bike trail for intermediate or for expert or whatever you're aiming for, save them time, save them effort, be the expert that knows what's going on in that part of town. And you're adding to the value. It has nothing to do with your place, but it has a lot to do with making their vacation better. Looking at your guest reviews, like rereading your guest reviews every now and then, I found that to be very valuable because there's nobody that can express the experience better than the guest, right? So I, I often look at my yeah. reviews and then I take quotes or in, to put as captions to the photos, or I get inspired of like, oh, I should guests are talking about this particular feature. I should make take a photo and put it at a you know, more prominent place in the, in the, in the photo gallery. Absolutely. Even if you don't get to interact with your guests or you don't talk to them, you could leave out a guest book and you could certainly email them afterwards and ask them specifically, just ask a friend, Hey, what did you like? And ask them to be specific. And even, even if it's just, Oh, we love setting up the squishy pillows for the kids to watch a movie in the downstairs extra bedroom or whatever, because then you can use that in the photo caption and highlight, this is what our guests are actually doing. And yeah, sometimes they keep bringing up the same thing over and over again. You didn't even notice that that's something that they enjoy. Or, you know, that we booked the place because of the fire pit. Even if they don't actually ever use it, it's something that really just made them want to book. 
So reviews are definitely very valuable just to go through them. And like you said, we uh, recommend doing the same thing using quotes. Sometimes they just hit the nail on the head. They talk about your your bed, how it was the mattress was so soft and the high thread count sheets were great. And that's something you really paid good money to have in your rental. So then you can highlight that from a guest, not just you saying it, but a guest saying it is so much better. And it's a great way to fill in photo captions for photos where you just don't know what to say. You can't think of another thing to talk about some tchotchke in your in your living room that's cute. Put up a guest quote. That's great. Yeah, it works really well. Awesome. Yeah, this is, uh, this is great stuff. Brian, any, anything that uh, you want to touch on uh, as well before we... Yeah. So one thing I've been thinking a lot about is over these last few years, and you can back me up, I think that there's been an evolution from where in the beginning, we were really just trying to get people to be able to have uh, nice, clean, bright photos that were accurate representations of their place. And there's still some that don't quite meet that standard, but but a lot more of them have gotten to the point where we, we call them like good real estate listing, right? Where it's, it, it's not hard to tell what the place is like, but now we're kind of trying to stay ahead of the curve. And I think anybody who's been seeing those little VRBO commercials or Verbo as they call it now, uh, at the beginning of watching the YouTube or something where it says, this is the spot where uh, grandpa's gonna teach his grandson how to play chess or you know those kind of things where they're getting into the kind of experiences that are going to happen on these vacations. And so there's a way that we're trying to evolve and Katie referenced the the team. So we have somebody who actually talks to the host before they do a shoot with Katie and works out how to set a couple of scenes, a couple of vignettes. Let's let's take this beyond just showing you what's in the house and and kind of evoke uh, an emotional connection to what you could be doing. What kind of experience can you be? having there. And that could be making s'mores out at the fire pit or could be reading a book out in the hammock. And there's ways to take those photos that are more than just an inventory, more like setting it up like like a still shot from, from a movie scene or something like that. And I think that that can go a long way to make people feel like we got to stay here. Like it, it just puts you at a cut above. It helps you win tiebreakers when they're down to three or four that mm-hmm. could work. And you say, wow, but this one just makes me feel like I want to be there that's what you're shooting for. And so we're trying to create photo shoots that evoke that at least in a handful of scenes, as opposed to just a grocery list of like, here's the three bedrooms and here's the two baths, and et cetera. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's why spying on, so to speak, on your competition can be so valuable. You can look for things that don't attract you, but you can also get ideas just and see what they're doing that you actually like that. Oh, you're right. I should actually highlight that. Like my competition is highlighting. But again, you might be all... Uh, you might all be near the same lake. You might all have a fire pit, but you were the one who put s'mores in front of your fire pit as a sort of an enticing little thing. You might all have access to the same community pool, you and your neighbors, but you're the one who took photos with your floaties that you provide to guests. You put these bright, colorful floaties on the pool and you got a shot of that. So all those little things kind of put you above your competition that you're the one who made that effort and it just makes us trust you more as a host. Pink Flamingo is my favorite uh, inflatable. Yeah. I always recommend putting that in the pool before you take a picture. I know. And really, you should have them for your guests. They're not that expensive. Just fun stuff like that. You know, yeah. Go go get some Pink Flamingos right now. <laughs> awesome, guys. So this is, uh, this is great. Awesome to have you guys on the show. Uh, I know you have a special uh, gift for the listeners. So uh, let us know mm-hmm. what, uh, what you have in store for us. So in the early days, we had a a video course 
And that was, you know, the understanding was if you just watch these lessons of Katie's telling you how to shoot your place, you'll do well. And it worked tremendously well. And at the same time, we would talk to hosts six months later and some of them hadn't gotten around to it. And, and we started thinking, you know, they've, they've got so many things on their plate already. They don't need another skill to add to that. So that's when we started looking into how could we take more on for ourselves? How could, how could we not just be somebody who gives advice, but actually executes on their behalf? And so now what we do is we, we have assessments, listing assessments that are normally $99 where we, we do some research ahead of time. We look at your competition. We look at your what are your best assets, some of the things that we've been talking about here and say, well, here's where you're doing great. Here are some things that we would suggest. And then you get to the point where it's like there's some stuff that you can give advice and that's plenty. And there's other stuff where advice is not enough. You, you also need to have expertise to back it up. And so what we do with the assessments is we, you know, in many cases, we say you're doing great. Just fix these three things and you'll be optimized. And then there are times where people say like, oh, could you guys help us do that? And we do that. So we do these $99 assessments. But when we come on somebody special's podcast like you, we're waiving that. So anybody who wants to get an assessment, it's free. We'll set that up in the show notes so that either there's a code or a special landing page that lets you sign up for a time where somebody on our team, it could be me, it could be Katie, it could be some, we have a very small team. It's only like four of us at this point, uh, but it'll be somebody highly qualified to be able to do the research and come armed with real specific ideas about how to do better. So even if you never end up working with us, you are going to get benefit from it. We're very, very committed to the idea that this is not a sales pitch. This is something where we might decide mutually to work with each other at the end. But the overarching uh, theme of the assessment is us giving you uh, ideas on how to get more bookings at the rates that you want, get the exact kind of guests that you want to bring in. Awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, so if you want to take advantage of uh, this uh, generous offer, then uh, just check out uh, the show notes at getpaidforyourpet.com and uh, you will find them there. We'll, uh, we'll put up all the, all the links to everything. So awesome, guys. Uh, well, thank you so much for, uh, for being on the show. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I'm excited to potentially work with you for, on, our, on our newest property, actually, because we need to take some, uh, some better photos there. So. That would be a lot of yeah, fun. We would love great. to hear, hear you talking about what it was like to work with Katie on a photo shoot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be a cool experience. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much for, uh, for your time. And uh, for the listeners, thank you for listening. And we will be back soon with another episode. See you then. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet get paid for your pet get paid for your pet if you have over 30 units you have an annual revenue of over two million dollars or you operate boutique hotels then the str legend mastermind is for you you are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.